Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and today we have a really great tattoo artist, painter, Brett Herman. Really nice guy. I've known him for quite a few years now, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to in interviewing him. He's a great dude. Uh, it's Monday, May 1st, 2023. I told myself I'm going to start reading the date in the beginning of the show so people have some context in the future um so yeah that's coming up i uh what's been going on with me well funny you should ask that uh the same old stuff i'm working on commissions i'm finally crossing some things off my list got this one almost done that's gonna be probably in a couple days i'll get that done a couple tool posters i gotta do and i'm getting stuff knocked off the list which is really exciting for me um it's I, I uh, you, you know the story if you listen to the podcast. It's been really all this stuff's been dragging me down, but I'm doing pretty good so far. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Nothing new or exciting that I could think of. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I also I forgot to I want to do this before I uh, go any further. I forgot to mention Skull Shop is our sponsor and if you join the dark art society patreon at the five dollar level you get a coupon for i think it's 20 percent off at skull shop s-k-u-l-l-s-h-o-p-p-e.com and they have amazing skulls as you can see right here and the jaws come off obviously because the jaws off of this one i'm not sure where it is around here somewhere um so yeah check them out Kyle's awesome, big supporter of the show, and uh, they make amazing skulls. I every I think probably every skull painting you've ever seen me do is I reference a my reference is a um, skull shop skull. Um, anyway, yeah. So if you want to join, if you want to support, you can join the Dark Art Society Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/DarkArtSociety. Um, you can join for as little as a dollar or five dollars if you want to get the the 20 percent off um code for skull shop and let's see here and, and you get your uh name right in the air if you join sorry i'm, I'm <laughs> brett i'm sp supposed to interview brett in uh three uh two minutes so i'm kind of rushing through this i'm trying to get be more efficient at this podcast um so i'm you know doing the intro beforehand instead of afterwards and if i can get it all done everything done in one day then it really helps because uh, sometimes it takes like two days and I just don't have the time. So I'm trying to be efficient. Anyway, there I just ate up some time there with my big mouth not being efficient. Okay, so anyway, oh, there we go. He said he's ready. Okay, <laughs> so if you join the uh, Dark Art Society Patreon, patreon.com slash Society, as little as a dollar, you get your name read in the air and other benefits. Uh, so let's see. We have new subscribers. Jessica Moran Chavez. I'm not sure if I read this one last time, but if not, or if I did, then I read it again. Thank you. Um, let's see. And Alan Smith. Thanks, Alan. Alan's a great dude. Big supporter of the uh, Dark Art Society. Um, he's a, a printmaker. He does awesome stuff um and there's not many printmakers in the dark art society so that's really cool anyway i guess that's it um yeah i guess that's all uh oh there he is you can see down the bottom <laughs> bottom right hand corner of the screen uh 
Brett. Uh, okay, I'm going to go do the Brett interview. Okay, I hope you like it. Uh, and here we go. Thanks for listening. What's up, Brett? How's What's it going? <laughs> Good, man. Good to see you. Thank you for having me on this, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's a, it's an honor. For... You know, I'm a since since you know me, been a a fan of all things Chet. So yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, you've always been a really uh, great supporter and great artist and great community member, Dark Art Society community member, and. Uh, uh yeah always uh love love doing those painting classes at your place <laughs> yeah yeah the workshops that was awesome that was super fun so where are you at now are you are, are, are you in I'm, I'm back in denver now oh you're in denver okay right That's... well i'm living actually like out, I, I don't know if you're familiar with like um colorado much but um i'm mm-hmm. more close to like boulder okay which is more towards like the foothills okay um, so yeah i'm just a little north of boulder where i actually grew up which is kind of cool oh okay so you're yeah and then i just commute into denver because um the the tattoo scene out there is pretty cool for what i'm doing so uh okay it's are, do you have a uh a, a shop there or, or are you working somewhere uh, else no i've been i've been enjoying working for people <laughs> yeah because you had a shop in a really expensive part of town <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like whatever by Hidden Hills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hidden yeah. Los Angeles. I remember that. You know, and we actually had like a pretty smoking rent on that place. Really? But yeah, it wasn't really that bad considering the location. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like a hidden place. You right, know? right. Um, but the problem with that is our landlord that we had to deal with was a, such a nightmare. Really? Yeah, he like hated tattoo people. <laughs> oh no! Well, just yeah. just because? Yeah, and he would just like try to ding us on things and like, dude. Yeah. It was but I mean, it was like that place was so cool. It served such an awesome purpose for us at the time that we needed it. Yeah, yeah, it was a great studio. It was really nice yeah. inside. Very. Oh, dude, it was so cool to have you doing workshops there and, like, be able to, like, curate art shows and have you show yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. You did art shows. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a cool spot. Um, And you've been in the books. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You didn't get in the coloring books, so you got in the sketchbook, right? Yeah, I don't think I did any coloring book stuff. Uh, I don't remember doing anything for that because I don't really do much line art work. Um, yeah, you submitted some, you know, what's funny is before that whole publishing books thing, kind of once I kind of ran that course, um, I was in the middle of working on one that was kind of cool, like um, where, and you submitted for it too. I actually had already collected for it, but it was going to be the watercolor project. Mm. And um, like when I was dealing with those people, we, we found out like apparently the quote was insane to like get like a book printed on watercolor paper. Right. To where like, it would have had to been like kind of a limited thing or something. But mm-hmm. I remember you creating kind of liney drawing, like line work drawings for those a little bit. Wow. I don't even, I, I don't I even remember. Files. It's crazy. <laughs> I have like so many good people like Crayola was in there. Oh, like, cool. Noble, like ton of really cool tattoo guys who are really good at watercolor. That's yeah, cool. It never happened. Just one of those ideas. Yeah, it's hard to make many with books. That's for sure. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be a I passion mean, project. It was more for fun for sure. Um, the publisher was making way more than I did every book. That's for oh, sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You had a publisher. So, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. I'm the publisher and I still can't make any money at it. <laughs> so well, I mean, you got a garage full of pallets. Yeah. I mean, I'm selling them, but, uh, you know, they're not in bookstores and I'm not, I haven't had time to promote them. I really need to do like a big promotional push. Um, Did you get the whole debacle with uh, the shipping stuff? Cause I know you were having a heck of a time because all the rewards from the Kickstarter and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I it, it, finally it, threw that whole mess. No, no, almost, almost. I still, I mean, I still have under 200 books to ship, but it's like, those are people that I can't get a hold of that I'm waiting to like, give me their new shipping address. And um, that sounds like a lot, but it's nothing compared to, you know, the over 400 I shipped already. Um, And uh, most of the rewards are done. Just a few, few of the bigger ones. And I'm getting, I've got these 11 by 14 paintings that, I've just been waiting to put the corners on. I finally today am putting the corners on. So those will ship. And I got these little, little guys. I have to finish painting. They're all like at a three quarter finished state. Is that crybaby? Yeah, it's crybaby. They're all about like this. They need one more pass, like thir- 30 of them. <laughs> so yeah. I got to get these out. And then, um, I got the heartbrokens done, and there's another little soft spot mini I got to do. They're uh, almost done, though. It's, I'm almost out of the woods. So re- seriously, after this year, and I know it's like embarrassing for me because I just keep saying it every episode for probably the last three years, but they I really am this year since I'm not doing a show and I've been working, focusing on this stuff. I will have everything off my plate this year. You know, if there's a few stragglers at the end of the year. I don't give a shit if most of it's done. That'll be fine. I've been watching you pump so many cool little studies out for all those. Oh yeah. There's those two. I still have some of those. (laughs) I've just nose to the grindstone and I, and I've got like all these really cool ideas of new projects I want to do. And I'm just like writing them down and waiting until until I'm done with this year. Cause I feel like I just can't move on, but I got such cool ideas. I'm dying to do them. Dying to do. Anyway, this is about you. That's not about me. <laughs> I want to hear your story. I want to hear your backstory. I want to hear your. Love you, Pichette. Love you. <laughs> I want to hear. The... Actually, in that same thing right now too. I'm. I'm in the. Um, I'm hammering out ideas for the last half of my year now. Like I got all my deadlines done. Mm-hmm. And um, for me now, it's um, actually Gary and Erica offered me a spot in October. So. Oh, that's excellent. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I'm like, woohoo! So, um, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm staring at a bunch of blank canvases that I've prepped. Like, okay, no pressure. <laughs> That's awesome. Is this your first solo show at like a a, a bigger gallery? Like, you know? Um, no, actually, Pop-ro? at well. Uh, Nathan at Hive has given me. Oh, two that's right. That's yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that you had yeah. that. Yeah. So he gave me like a one kind of group feature thing where i kind of split a wall and then um in 2021 he gave me uh like a full feature killer so yeah yeah, yeah you've been pretty happy with that body of work that i did for that show you've been killing it with the paintings it's been cool to watch you just move up the ladder with your painting skills you know because i've been there i think i've been 
paying attention all along the way. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we go back, man. Pretty, yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It's, crazy. it's been, I don't know. It's been a long time. I don't know how many years, but uh, uh, it's been at least a decade and a quarter decade. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy. Like I'm coming up on 15 years of tattooing, and about around the same time as when I started noodling with like art and stuff. Mm-hmm trying to paint and stuff and then um yeah that 15 years went in a blink man. yeah 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 fun times man it's always a pleasure seeing you around and yeah yeah same what you're doing so yeah it's i appreciate it <laughs> great honor to uh hear that compliment from you thanks oh yeah yeah i feel like i'm kind of starting to find that voice like i, mm-hmm. I remember you said like one thing where it was like once you start grinding in the gallery scene, it's like maybe 10 years until you start really getting that's what, looked. That's what Gary told me when I was yeah. first started, you know? And I'm like at that 10-year mark where it's finally like starting to yeah. shape. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was right about that. Nobody likes it to hear that. It took me a lot of years <laughs> trying to not completely rip you off. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you know, you, you're also, you're like working, you had, you had a business and then you're kind of like painting, you, you weren't able to devote all your time to it. You know, you've been like stealing time to do it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it, it just seemed, it seems like the last, I guess it's probably since the hive, like, I feel like you're, you're, you really are dialing in your own voice. I recognize your work when I see it now. It's like, that's a Brett Herman. Like I can tell right away. So yeah, that Giger show is pretty cool. huh? Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, what an honor, man. Yeah. Super fun. Super fun. That's a great gallery. That was like the first print I ever had was the Lee two print that. And oh, really? there was a carnival in my, in this whole hometown of mine. And, um, if you pop the balloons, you'd get a poster or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it was um, a Giger poster. Yeah, I got I picked the Giger poster and the Iron Maiden Somewhere in Time poster. <laughs> so like total cyborg aliens <laughs> and <the> dark art. <laughs> Good choices. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh, I saw your uh, I saw that tattoo on Josh. You started right. Ooh, so yeah. good, so good. Oh, thanks. So man. impressive. Yeah, yeah. we were having so much fun that like. Uh, I was like bummed that we didn't get it further, you know? Yeah. Right. One of those like, Oh, he's your good friend too. So you want to come out swinging, but you're also like, so distracted. <laughs> it looked you amazing. Like, like by the time we wrapped up, cause I had to do something later that evening too. I was like, man, I wish we could have got further, but yeah, Josh is such a cool guy. I'm actually yeah. going to be Josh Breckenridge it. people. Yeah. Josh Breckenridge. Yeah. And uh, he's been on the podcast a few times. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's, He's a smart, nice dude. For yeah, sure. yeah, he's great. He's great, and that tattoo's just looking so great. It just looks like a. It looked like a, a really, awesome pen and ink to me. You know, it's like it didn't. I didn't even. It just didn't. Uh, I guess that's what maybe a good, a lot of good, tattoos look like, in a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's a compliment. It looked like a. It looked like a really nice pen and ink drawing. You know, in this. this cool style i just i just like your skulls and the line the line work and the shapes is just like excellent 
one thing too with tattooing because really i am a tattoo artist first pretty much that's what where i make my bread and butter and mm-hmm. um i think like um contrast and you know illustrative skills and knowing a couple things that really help is what is so important in tattooing right mm-hmm. um, like the painting you have or like any real composition or theory with like the ratio of light to dark and all mm, that yeah the values <clears throat> so yeah thanks that's huge actually it walked away and i was like oh it doesn't even look good yet so, Gosh. <laughs> i thought it looked i thought it looked amazing i was like damn that's fucking badass <laughs> Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'll send you photos. We're going to finish it at the uh, Ventura convention in June. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll actually be in Ventura. So I, I hit him up. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in your town tattooing. So let's, yeah, yeah. Let's you a day. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back in time. Cool. To, to little, yeah. little Brett Herman. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about where were you, you were born in uh, Colorado and... Um, Here's little Brett Herman. That's me and my brother. <laughs> that totally looks like one of my old uh, uh, photos, family photos. I've got a couple of those where I'm wearing some creepy ass mask around Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> that was me and my brother. That was it. That's perfect. That's so cool. Halloween, man. That was our jam. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, uh, so- Colorado. Where in Colorado? In Denver. I was. I was born, um, so I'm working in Denver now. I was, I was born in a town called Longmont, which is um, just about like 10 minutes north of Boulder, which would be like right on the front range there. Mm. And um, yeah, I guess like um, stayed here till I was 19. Then I moved to LA to do the art or the uh, the music thing first, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was doing um, that. But before all that, like in school and stuff, I mean, you know, we're horror movies, haunted houses, all the old fun stuff and living like a pretty like simple, fun life, you know, and uh, but was definitely always either music or art, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like where I really like, I guess, like got picked up with the passion was like through my grandparents, like my grandfather was a sculptor, actually. Oh, really? Uh-huh. What kind of sculpture did he do? Um, figurative. Wow. And yeah. and animal sculpture too. I mean, so like, did he get do it in clay and then have it bronzed, or was he like a? a... Yeah, actually, you know, it's crazy. Is this is uh, holding up? Uh, I'm actually using his sculpture tray to uh, hold up my computer right now for this. Oh really? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got all his old sculpting stuff. Oh, when that's he so cool. That. So yeah, even this little drafting table is his back here. And, Damn, I want to yeah, see all the so, tools. You have to send me a picture of all his tools if you have them. I'm curious. Oh, I do. Yeah, I got a bunch of old ones. And you know what? Honestly, Chet, like, um, I've thought of like molding stuff and doing some clay working and stuff, but I'm like getting more realistic with my time and yeah. what I really do. So like, if any of that stuff interests you, I'll just send it your way too. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just I, my thing is more creating space for more artwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like the older we get, the more you have to go. Like, all right, I have yeah. a million interests. I need to pick and choose what I can actually do. You know. But, yeah, yeah. Especially with tattooing, it's such a tasking job because, like, oh yeah, yeah, you're like concentrating all day yeah go home and you're like now i gotta draw for the next couple appointments right 
you don't want to draw something silly so you got to come out swinging but yeah and you got to talk just like we i talking with the sean sean barber interview it's like you got to talk to people at the same time and that's the thing it's like so that was your one caveat why you like did not become a tattoo yeah yeah i mean that was that was you know one of one of the reasons i was like no i'm not gonna do it but um it's just it's hard to for me it's like talk speaking and concentrating on what i'm doing it's one thing if i'm doodling or screwing around i can talk i can talk and doodle but if it's like a specific difficult thing that i'm doing it's hard to like make especially if it's small talk someone you kind of don't know that well you yeah. know what i mean if it's a friend they'll, they'll you know you don't have to be on so to speak you know what i'm saying totally so that's yeah, that's like yeah. a whole skill in itself that i don't even know if i have <laughs> you get good at it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and definitely not all of them are like uh super easy i know some people that like they just put headphones on <laughs> i've seen yeah, that at least maybe that's maybe that's just at, at conventions but i've seen people do that to where they just like put the headphones in and that would be the place to do it for sure yeah because they're just so like rambunctious but yeah yeah I, I try to have like more of a connection and make it like an experience for them and i think that's like proved me pretty well well, you're you're also that kind of guy too. You're a very outgoing, friendly person. So it seems like that's your personality too. You have a good. It seems like your personality suits tattooing, in a way. Don't you think? Yeah, I try. Yeah, I try to be like approachable and nice. And yeah, yeah. Treat everyone with compassion and like even if it was like a silly like thing or they came in with a really bad tattoo, I would never be like, "What the hell?" You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need. Yeah, that. I've been really like trying to stay on the whole like you know kind of buddhist mindset of like you know being just uh, good positive and, trip yeah 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 that's the only way man. yeah exactly it is it is it's the only way that we got time is, for all that yeah <laughs> so anyway how okay so we're back to your your childhood where were you uh into into horror stuff and dark dark art stuff from yep. early age yeah, so I think the first thing that I painted where I was like, or I guess I didn't paint it, I guess it was probably like colored pencils or something, um, was the Ghostbuster 2 painting that looked oh. a lot. You remember <laughs> that guy? So I tried to recreate that like off of a, I mean, the TV, and I was small too, so I know the TV had to have been small because it seems small to me. And I'm trying, and I like. Did you like freeze frame it or something? Yeah, it was like, a, like you could hit the pause. And back then it was like, you know, you'd see all the little lines going across the screen and yeah. all that. Um, and that was like kind of that. And then mostly I was just like, I was also really weirdly into like, maybe it was just like a, being a product of like that age was like, you know, Indiana Jones and all this, but I was always like trying to build like treasure maps. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah, make yeah. weird mazes. Like I, I would have fun yeah. just like, sitting then like yeah. literally just making like a maze. Yeah. We used to do that. We used to do yeah. that treasure maps. I used to do, make a treasure map. I went through a phase where I'd make a treasure map and then I would like take a matches and, and burn the edges and like authenticate it. Yeah. Make it all kind of Brown <laughs> with like burned holes, like some, Somehow someone told me about that. And so I was like, oh, cool. I can't believe that playing with fire. Insane. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get it. I think it's related somehow. It's all kind of like fantasy adventure. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of 
horror movies and dark art in a way is like a thrill ride in a way. It's like an adrenaline thing and, and like you're not supposed to be watching it or something. Yeah. You... And you're seeing if you could take, you know, it's like, it's like, a, I don't know. It's like an excitement thing in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just like, woohoo. Yeah. Something <laughs> wild. Yeah. It's definitely kind of related. I think a lot of, I know a lot of, I mean, a lot of kids I knew that were into, or not a lot, cause there weren't a lot, but a few of the kids that I uh, knew were were into like horror and stuff were into star wars and indiana jones and that adventure kind of stuff but and indiana jones did have some action some cool creepy stuff in it with that oh, you know it had some those yeah. spirits coming out and the guy's face is melting and and those those drew struzan covers oh yeah paintings. yeah oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely my childhood. I did, um, you know, it's crazy. It's actually in my like earlier years, like when I was definitely like more interested in the arts. Um, in my freshman year in my art class, um, which like I kind of like once I got to high school was focused on having fun. You know, oh, okay. Um, like uh, I did enough to get by. I wasn't like a bad student, but like if there was like a concert or something, me and my friends were going to that mm-hmm. instead. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I remember I would always take art class seriously because I just I enjoyed art so much. And um, I did um, in my freshman year do it was a charcoal drawing of the island of the the beast from the island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. And my uh, assignment was to do it upside down so that mm-hmm. I wasn't like doing it exactly like, you know, I was going from reference to the image without letting uh, what I think should happen, happen. That's a good exercise. And, uh, I actually won a New York Scholastic Art Award. Like my um, my uh, art teacher submitted it to. Oh, how school. cool! Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was like my first like, heck yeah, let's uh, let's do art. I guess I'm okay at this. And um, right before I decided to move to Los Angeles to play music, I was kind of in like this. Um, limbo of what i wanted to do i never really had that figured out i always thought that was like such a hard question to ask someone when they mm-hmm. wanted to and i'm a total like pisces so i'm always like on the fence with decision making it's <laughs> <laughs> like important stuff yeah and um so it was and i did actually do a summer uh course at the denver institute of art mm. um but it i didn't know at the time what an atelier was so like when I went, like, I was like, oh, there's computers involved in this. Like, I'm not a computer guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just very more hands-on and visceral kind of. And um, so that totally was like, ah, so defeating. Like, I, I imagine paintbrushes and stuff and charcoal. And and um, so that, that didn't work out. And uh, then I also did the test to be in the Navy. Um, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was just like, okay, well, I got to do something smart. Like, I don't even know why I did that. <laughs> I was like, just like, it would be a good thing for my future is what I was thinking, you know? Right, right. And you can, you can get all these things and you can get, get good deals on your first home and all this. And mm-hmm. I was thinking future wise. And, and then it was that or go play heavy metal with my friends and I'll move to Los Angeles. <laughs> Either super I practical or completely not practical at all. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> there so, you go. There's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, There's the Pisces. 
So, so you, you came uh, out. You so you came out to L.A. with a band. I did. We had like uh, three um, convoys of two people at a time. Did you Did you have a plan, or was it just like? It was just. Uh, we landed in Thousand Oaks because we had an old drummer who somehow landed in Thousand Oaks, <laughs> and um, which is just like a little bit north of Los Angeles, a little bit further west of like San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we kind of had an in and it was kind of like by the help of one of the other guys that was in my band at the time, but we were like having fun and doing big things here. And um, I mean, I wouldn't say we're like super good yet, but we had the dream and um, yeah, like six of us came out Um and we played with that for a while, but like, I think because we were so young, like we were all 19 and, mm-hmm. you know, 18 and 19, we were yeah. so young. And, um, I mean, when I first got to California, we got drunk 60 days in a row. <laughs> like, dude, oh my God. Yeah. It was a party, dude. Like we were, we were just young rock and roll. <laughs> like, dude, we were, I don't know what we were thinking. It's so funny. Right. But, um, <laughs> So yeah, like that totally fizzled out. Like a bunch of people got homesick and a couple of the guys who really had it in their hearts decided to stick it out. Mm -hmm. And um, me and one other guy who's like actually still really involved in music and has like gotten signed to like a really good like prog rock band that's kind of King Crimson-ish. And they're awesome, man. Uh, So like, it's cool to see one of the guys like really progress to that level. Um, but like, yeah, we did fun stuff. Like we, we played like all the shows we played the whiskey, which was like, kind of like for me, like a total bucket lister. Yeah. 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 Played with like some cool heavy bands and recorded a few things, but it wasn't anything like super, you know, we were still figuring it out. And then by the time that fizzled out, it was like, okay, I'm like 21 now. And I'm also in the hardest city on the West coast minus maybe San Francisco or something, but like uh and heavy metal doesn't pay so yeah. <laughs> um and actually there was like the rise of like uh you know Kat Von D was on that show with like Miami Inc and all mm-hmm. that and, like all those people it, I was like starting to look at it it is like okay this is like really becoming a thing mm-hmm. and if I don't because I always wanted to do tattooing because I was always drawing for like friends tattoos or okay. album covers for friends bands and this and that, that I was like, if I don't do it now, like I'm going to regret it or I'll be too late to the game was my idea, you mm-hmm. know? And so when the band was like probably around 2005, like about four years in was where I was like, okay, four years of giving music a try in Los Angeles and literally just pulling teeth to get there. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm still a realist, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I I miss it. It was so fun. I mean, I still have my amp and guitars and stuff in here and like to fiddle around. But I'm yeah. a better artist. I'm a better artist than I was a guitar player. For yeah, sure. yeah, that's how same. That was my situation too. It's fun. I miss it. But um, yeah, I mean, you can only do so much, and it's so hard. Uh, you know, it's like if you didn't make it on that tail end of maybe the in the 90s maybe you know when the grunge scene hit or something a grunge new metal metal era it's like if you didn't get in then your chances were like they were already slim but man (laughs) it just was like 
you know, if you're smart and you do it right, just like anything, I'm sure that you can make it work. But yeah, yeah, it's a hard, it's hard, it's a hard life, though. You, I mean, you know, you can. It's a hard life. <laughs> I think the thing with like being in a band too is like there's so much expectation to like make it. Right. Yeah. You know, like uh, I mean, I guess that's like anything, but I've been trying to take myself like way less seriously lately. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> Just try to focus on like writing a good song or yeah you know, yeah you know not trying to sell out and be this awesome band or yeah you know. yeah yeah that's that's always when it starts to go downhill I don't know it's like I don't know it's like you see I see I watch I love music documentaries those are like I think maybe my favorite documentaries I don't know why I just love them just the story of how they made you know climbing the ladder and all that stuff and. What I've noticed with these music documentaries and there's and there's different types of musicians, but it's like there are certain people, certain personalities that are just suited to be like rock stars. They just have that kind of like attitude. And and I was just I never had that attitude. <laughs> like I always thought those guys were kind of douchebags. You know, kind of pretentious, yeah. The kind of strutting around guys. That is so real though. I met Ronnie James Dio backstage at a Heaven and Hell concert. Oh, really? I was smoking a cigarette and like just the short sweetest little man and you couldn't even like smell the smoke we were like in a double wide trailer mm -hmm. the dude had like a, a majestic air to him you know yeah right yeah yeah like this is ronnie james dio this dude's like yeah come on yeah he yeah he he, he was supposed to i heard he was really a nice guy like a he good was guy so cool yeah yeah yeah, actually, one of our buddies got us into that show by def like default. Like his family was actually really good friends with Ronnie and Winnie James Steele. Oh, okay. So yeah, they but he, came he was doing that. He was in bands in the '60s. Yeah, Rainbow and all that. And that like before Rainbow, he was like in a, a Elf. Is it Elf? Before Elf, it was like he was doing like doo wop stuff in the in the '60s. Yeah, yeah. That's I. 99% sure of this because I, like, I did it. I did a deep dive on Ronnie James Dio not too long ago, and it's like in it. And it took like it takes a long time. <laughs> you have to, it's like, has to be like, it has to be the only thing you can do, sort of. I don't know. Like, my kid's got that. He's just completely committed to drumming and 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 the musician life, you know. Yeah, he's with the beat now, right? Mm -hmm. Check this out. Ronnie James Dio. Oh, nice. Very Heaven cool. and hell. Yeah, he even signed <laughs> my thing for me. I was like, that dude was so cool. Oh, that's so cool. That's so we got cool. the funniest story at that thing, too, because it was at, uh, I think it's like the Glen Helen or something, something out there in, uh, like out in California. And uh, there was like a backstage area where there was like its own separate bars and like um, bathrooms and stuff. And uh, they were playing with Judas Priest and Motorhead. Mm. Wow. And uh, we were show. backstage and I go into the restroom and the drummer for Motorhead uh, was literally leaned up with his head bouncing on the urinal with no hands, just <laughs> peeing into the urinal. That dude is supposed to be a nut. He was a nut. Yeah. So <laughs> like we were laughing. So we immediately came like friends with the dude for a moment. And uh, he was telling us like at the show that they played before they came to California or like somewhere on their leg that like uh, they had like an announcer for like the bands. Like, so next up, you know, 
no means no or whatever yeah, right, right? <laughs> and uh so apparently this like lady was like now a uh, uh, motorhome <laughs> <laughs> no way <laughs> and i guess like uh and i guess like uh when he came out like this is all coming from this rest both their souls they're gone now but right this guy was like yeah and so lemmy came out lemmy came out and lemmy was like He's like, we're motorhome and we're here to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's great. So many weird stories like that from like going to California. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So okay, so what how did you uh make the decision to finally get into tattooing? I mean, what were you doing for money when you came out? In the well, band? when I first um I was working weird jobs, like <laughs> actually, that's a funny story too. <laughs> um so me and a bunch of my friends got a job at a security company. And so they would let you work graveyards mm. and do security and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we would practice before we had to go to work and then we'd go work all night. But we we're like early 20 year old kids, like 19 teenagers. So like that job, like I hate to say it, but we didn't take it too serious. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. There's many uh, nights where I would show up in full uh, security officer outfit to parties. <laughs> <laughs> like I would take the car and I'd shine the light car on the people like they were busted. Just kidding. <laughs> Dude, so I was working stupid jobs like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I get to be creative for a living now. Like I, I counted like because I've always been working. I've always liked working. Um, but I forget like when before tattooing i and i like made the switch i tried to count and i was just thinking of all the ridiculous stupid jobs i've done it's horrible but the craziest thing is like when i was apprenticing because i did ask for an apprenticeship with this one guy um but he was doing a private studio at the time and wasn't very interested in that like he's actually really like he was the guy who's doing my tattoos and was also like really well known throughout the san fernando valley at the time Mm. And uh, he actually opened the first tattoo shop in San Fernando Valley. Oh. Back in, and like his grand mentor, like tattooed all the Guns and Roses guys and stuff. It's a pretty crazy story with that. But um, so when I asked the original guy I wanted to learn from, he like said he's not interested. So I, you know, I was like, well, I'm not going to not just because he's not. I still think I'm going to give it a shot. So I asked another guy and. It's kind of funny, like he was kind of jumping around from locations to locations. So it was like kind of tough, you know. I was definitely not like like not happy with how I was going, but I was still like trying to learn. So like meanwhile, I was actually at that time working at um Cedar Sinai Hospital. Oh wow. Yeah, so I was working there and then apprenticing, and then the the guy who ended up mentoring me at the time or in the future called me, you know, my tattoo artist guy, you know, and he got, he caught wind that I was like trying to learn. And he said, Hey, come by. I want to talk to you. And I just like, kind of was like, I think he's going to ask me. Um, (laughs) And so he did, but it was like, it was like a, okay, I'm going to take on two people. I'm going to start a business with some guys and you're going to be one of them. You and one other guy are going to learn at the same time kind of thing. And, And it's going to cost you money to do it and all that. So like, um, which isn't uncommon, you know, because it's a gig and stuff. So um, we came up with a number and I actually started working two more jobs on top of that and apprenticing. So um, when I started my apprenticeship in 07, 
um, which is when I consider myself really starting my apprenticeship because the other one before just didn't count to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started that, um, I was working those three jobs. I was working at Cedar sinai Monday through Friday, but the evenings, Monday through Thursday, I would apprentice and, you know, you're there till 10 or 12 at night. Yeah. Um, and then I'd get up and go till 8 a.m. the next day at the hospital. And my job at the hospital was to like lug these big old like carts of like paper around. So I was pretty much responsible for like um, all the confidential paperwork and stuff that hmm. hospitals have. You have to dispose of that. And uh, I see. We were contracted through like an outside company to collect all that, but the whole campus was mine. So like I was busting my ass. Like this is like, I think it at the time was like 15 buildings where I had to go office and stuff. So I do that grueling work and then I'd go apprentice. But then because I was trying to pay for my apprenticeship um, Friday night, instead of going to my, um, to my, um, apprenticeship Friday night, I'd go work a graveyard shift at Glendale Memorial hospital. Damn. And that was horrible work. I actually got in that job doing environmental services work, which is not pleasant. And from Saturday morning, when it was like already a double, I should have just went home and then went to bed and started a weekend. And instead of that, the company that hired me to do this, the, the shredding company, would pick me up Saturday morning and take me to Rancho Cucamonga to the California lottery to shred lottery tickets that were expired. It was like a business that was that shredded paper. That was the, yep. who would have thought and, that would be a oh, business? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's overhead cause you got to buy these big old shredding trucks. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm sure um, it's just, it's like, it's makes sense. I just never thought about it. You know, Susan, that lady, she's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> such an entrepreneur i've never seen she is a boss man like when i went to go interview for her i was like i could tell i was like she's in charge she was like that rock star attitude yeah yeah you went in there and you're like she's got it and i just went in there and said i'm gonna work my ass off for you and she's like sounds good you're hired wow and and like she was cool too because she knew that some of those days if i got my work done during the week that uh, I was dipping out a little early to go and get my tattoo thing on. And she was cool with it. She knew as long as my work was done and, you know, there wasn't a real bad emergency. She, she didn't really give me a hard time, but the hardest part of that whole process was instead of, so I jumping back a little bit, I'd have my graveyard shift on sat over Saturday. Right. But then they would take us for a third shift. So that whole day I'd be, you know, shredding tickets. So I literally have Sunday only. Wow. And I would be driving back Saturday night because we do that for like 12 hours on Saturday. And I would just be like almost hallucinating. I would like call my mom and be like, talk to me so I don't fall asleep. Wow. How long did you keep this kind of schedule up? I did that for a year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And then, um, the, the day that I could, well, actually there was... I quit the the graveyard shift pretty quick because um, there was one day where like one of the nurses didn't tie one of the soiled linen bags to go down the trash chute and that thing all over this room. (laughs) I've never walked out of a job ever without like notice and being courteous. That was the first time where I was like, 
I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> I was like, <"Peace." laughs> So yeah, that yeah, that was it. And then uh the day that I actually like about I think I was probably about eight months into my apprenticeship, maybe like ten months really, where I could kick the other two and then a few months later I just called Susan. I was like, Hey, like this is actually working out. So mm, that's cool. Give her plenty of notice to find someone and so it did was you, the coolest day, man. Yeah. Did you so I've did, had, did I've you had a gap in my resume for fifteen years, Chet? <laughs> did you did did you have to go through the hazing? Was it one of those apprenticeships? No. No. Oh good. Yeah. I've heard stories, man. That's whack. Yeah. I, I, just, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. It's like position of power. Like, I mean, I get it to an extent. It's like, you know, a boy soldier, you know, break them down and build them up. But I've never thought that like that, that vibe towards anyone's really going to help anybody. Yeah. It's anything. humiliating. I feel like hate breeds hate, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'd yeah. rather just be like, like I, I have no problem being like, you know, that sucks. Or, you know, or if yeah. someone's like doing something that, you know, they need work on and harsh criticism is good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but, um, even being yeah, the, the low man on, on the totem pole and doing the grunt work, that's all good. That's honest. You know, it's got to be done. Yeah. Uh, it's the humiliation factor seems always just like rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't feel like that's really going to teach you much of anything besides like the people that you work for are just kind of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I've heard some stories like I'll be the first to sit there and laugh at like, you did what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I have heard some that are kind of funny too, but I don't know. I guess, uh, I don't know. We, maybe We, okay. So with hidden LA, okay. We never really did any hazing, but we were jokesters over there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there were times different. where, like, you know, we would throw, like, uh, black cats into the sterile room when someone was scrubbing tubes just to spook them. Or, um, <laughs> you know, we'd buy, like, liquid ass spray and just clear the shop. And, <laughs> um, there was, like, whenever anyone went out of town, that was the best because, like, we would actually, like, totally do something to them while they were gone. Like, uh, Cody left town one day. Um, you know, Cody Duran, right? Um, so he, he, yeah, skipped town. he, he's been to one of the workshops and used to work with us, but yeah, really talented guy. He's like tattooing all kinds of celebrities now and oh, stuff. Cool. Um, but he left town and, uh, we decided to aluminum foil everything in his craftsman, like <laughs> down to each individual grommet, each individual <laughs> rubber band. Like, yeah, we were we were bad like that, but those are pretty, no, we were never like jokes, purposely like. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, is that your new dog? Yeah, yeah. Come here, come here, he, Valentine. Come here, up. Come here, come here. Jump up, jump up. Come on, jump up, jump up, jump up, 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 up. Come on, hi, Valentine. Uh, I can't. She's yeah. It's all good. Come here. Come here. She is so cool. She's the sweetest dog. Come here. Come up here. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, what a good girl. Oh, hi, babies. You're so sweet. Oh. <laughs> well, I have to come over and meet Valentine. I think uh, that's the first one that I haven't met. She is. Yeah, she is so sweet. She's amazing. She's just like so affectionate. It's kind of crazy. She is super sweet. <laughs> very pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, 
She's a good one. Okay, you gotta get down now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure at some point tonight you'll hear my dogs yapping in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love them. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. So, um, okay, so you 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 finish your apprenticeship and um, then uh, you're working. How does that work? You kind of turn become a, like a full time tattooer at the shop that apprenticed you. That's how it works, right? Yep, work your way up to, you know, either a better percentage or paying a rent eventually. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you know, with my situation, it's definitely, you know, learn how to walk before you can run and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so for mine, it was, you know, just get good at figuring out how to do line work and how to do shading and then then learn how to do color. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're slow. you know, like anything, you know, the whole karate kid getting each step out of the way thing and. That was kind of it. Yeah. Just um, for me, it was actually a pretty smooth transition because I did a lot of, um, you know, music stuff. It was always promoting for the shows and knowing people. And so um, it kind of came naturally with people who were like already knew I was pretty decent at art and wanted to let me give it a shot on them. Mm, so, cool. I mean, I'm forever grateful that they did because I know it's not like that stuff was super great, but yeah, <laughs> got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you get further along and you start, you know, creating good work, you can up your hourly just as if like in painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, the more experience and knowledge, the more, um, you you know, your value is. Right. Um, I've been fortunate enough because, you know, making this move to Denver was like super kind of intimidating for me because I was, was doing very well in L.A., mm-hmm. you know. I think I just like wanted to be closer to family and stuff. And, mm. um, um, I've had like, I've been so lucky, like just in the, the 10 months, I think we're just clocked 10 months out here. I've already had 35 people flying in. Wow. That's great. Yeah. For work. But like, you know, I think it just goes back like, yeah, as long as you're cool and you provide an experience and you like, just keep trying to get better with every piece and, you know, let those people know that you're into it. You're going to be chilling. Yeah. And right. That's like how it works, you know, from the get go. It's like, even if you like screw something up and like, you're like, Oh man, that tattoo. But those people had a good time and they think you're nice. And like, right. You know, they're probably not as critical as you are anyway. Right. Like, right. They're still going to come to you. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, can, that's can, cool. Can, can, can you make more money? Like working at another shop than than running your own business because it seems like you know it seems like you'd make more money running your own business but then it's like you've got all that overhead and 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 extra yeah i think like either way that you cut the cake on like tattooing you're gonna end up paying the taxes right yeah um like uh for the tattoo shop that i did have experience running um it was a became a pretty premier tattoo shop for Los Angeles. We made like some pretty cool lists and stuff. And man, we had that dialed in so good that just the people that work for us ran like it, it, it that just cut all the overhead right out. Oh, so okay. like, for me at that time, it was actually the best possible situation because um, I was pocketing all my money. Right. You know, I didn't have to pay towards the shop fees i didn't have to pay towards a shop cut or anything. right you right know. um you know in the first few years that we worked we all put in our percentages and like built it up and fed the monster but um that like was actually a 
cool time when you could sit down every couple of weeks and actually break open an envelope that you divvy up between your business partners. Right. I miss those days, but you know, the, I think in what is more valuable is um, the time that I'm not spending. Right. Juggling gypsies, uh, paying bills, yeah. getting supplies, you know, like uh, I've really been able to say like, since that, you know, I had so much on my plate too, is like books and curating art. Yeah. Shows right. And shows and, you know, going through all these things like uh, now I like, have just been able to pay my rent and come and go as I please. Yeah. Just work whenever I want. And I've gotten far enough to where like, even though I'm the new guy at this place, like there's no pressure for me to have to be there for the walking guy, you know, mm-hmm. like they know I've put in my time. And yeah. So it's been, yeah, pretty awesome. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So how did you, um, how did you start your own place? in LA? Um, so when I did Hidden LA, that was out of necessity. Oh, like, really? Uh, me and the two business partners that you had met, um, when the guy who ended up mentoring me, he was kind of having a falling out. He was going through a bunch of personal things. And um, the fate of the current shop was like undetermined for sure. Oh, okay. Um, there was like times where like, you know, DWP was like coming to shut us off. Wow. So it was getting like, you know, and anyway, you know, everyone goes through their things, but we were like, okay, like, what are we going to do? Or at least I was at first. I actually had, you know, figured this out. I had given my five years that I'd promised him already. I said, I'll give you five years of time. You teach me and I'll work for you for at least five years. And that time was coming up. So I actually got offered to work at a couple other pretty cool shops and, Mm -hmm. I was just going to keep working for people because I was still pretty infant in like the terms of my career. Um, but when I went to tell the guys that I worked with, like I'm, I got another job. They said, well, why don't you start a spot and we'll come work for you? Um, which I should have done, but I, instead, uh, I, I said, let's do it together. So we, we did all three of us. And oh, okay. You know, that in itself presented a lot of things that were really tough that made it, you know, like running a business is hard. Oh, um, yeah. And then you got three heads to it. It's Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but dude, nothing but respect for like literally everyone in my past who has like helped me along the way and all this. Like, I don't know, like it served a purpose and and I'm grateful for it. And we all had fun. And yeah. Know, I don't wish ill well on nobody, no matter what they've been through. So, um, but I definitely have to say that I love working for someone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's helped me focus on my art, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword um, doing your own thing. It's just basically, you know, it's it ends up being like the situation where you're where you're working two or three jobs, you know. Um, it's cool to see that you're um, you're doing a really good job managing it, dude. Like, uh, oh, thanks. It's talking with you on the side, and that like how you have gotten help because you realize like there's certain things that you can't waste that time on. Right. But but it's still it's like you know Jeez. I'm just it's it's I'm one of those kind of people that it's just I just just like the podcast it's like I do all of that myself, and I probably could get some help, but it's just like. I just know how it's done. I know how to, I'm just trying, working at being more efficient at it. 
um, so I could just do it myself. It's just easier to do it yourself sometimes, but it just, you know, you only have so much time in the day. Um, but, but, but it's just, it's just, you know, you know how it is running a business, just a ton of work, ton of work, a ton of work. You don't want to be doing too. paperwork and crap. That's like, uh, terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Just pay taxes. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm on an extension. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, yeah, I had an issue this last time. I was like, got hung up on something so stupid too, where I was like, couldn't find a form that I needed. Yeah. So I like had to hit her up. Like, I'm sorry. I can't find this. I'm so computer dumb. I'm yeah. like computer illiterate to, to an extent. Like, yeah. When you text me, you're like, yeah, you got like, a, as soon as you're like, you want to get on this thing? I was like, uh, <laughs> am I going to be able to like even log into this? <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't know that you were not a computer guy. Um, no, I can like do some Photoshop here and there, and <laughs> get around a sketch program on the iPad. But yeah, some people uh, just uh, don't are not aren't that way you know it's like uh i've always i always i don't know i like i didn't took to computers as soon as i got into them i was really um um, you like built your computer didn't you yeah i used to build them yeah i got a yeah i learned how to build them (laughs) back in the day yeah i would start a fire (laughs) (laughs) there it's i i you know i get obsessed with things and then i have to learn figure out how they work but um okay so you start this business how long did you have that place we had uh hidden la for like eight years oh wow um, and then i i moved over and did some work with jamie uh jamie lee parker yeah I went with him for a while oh okay now, yeah jamie's awesome he's uh, uh I, I need to jamie. get him on the show i keep thinking i gotta get jamie on the show you should man uh i will for sure amazing guy be super talented too yeah he's amazing amazing i've uh, always felt like uh as far as like my friends me and him have been kind of you know trying to constantly be the ones out doing each other yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good thing to have really you know it's, it's, yeah, he's a good good homie so yeah and he's a super sweet guy yeah get uh, him on for sure yeah so you uh you were working f- for him uh yeah yeah this yeah, is so while like you that, had your shop or after you sh- you finished well, your so shop or our shop had was winding down and <clears throat> we basically had made the announcement to everyone hey it's about time that you know this is wrapping up get your affairs in order and um was it was there a reason that's not uh, weird or is yeah, it a little bit like um <laughs> you know a couple people wanted to go more street shop vibe and um a couple people were like hey it's working great Create, creative differences yeah, creative differences. Um, yeah, it, and then um, it ended up then, ended okay like, though, right? Did it? Uh, we, did, did yeah, it, no, that's cool. Yeah, 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 it's all good. Yeah, it's totally cool. Like I said, yeah, nothing but respect for everybody. Like, and same for the people that work for me, like Cody and Jamie and mm-hmm. Mark, Rand, all these other. There is a handful of guys, like people that had moved at, from you know different states to come work with us. Then, you know, um, all those people, we still have super good relationships. Oh, good. So it was just almost natural. Like when that was ending, I actually went to go kind of step my game up and I worked for a uh, song over at Unbreakable, which is like, uh, he's good friends with like Sean Barber and all those, like, um, those, like it was a premiere shop. So I was like, okay, time to just go work for the premiere shop. You mm-hmm. know? Okay. And, um, and then like, 
right around when COVID happened, actually, Jamie was like, hey, man, like, I got a spot here, and I lived really close, and he's actually, like, going to give me a smoking deal. So I was like, it'd be crazy not to come work with Jamie. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I had already at that point kind of known that I was planning my exit from California and on my way to Colorado. Oh, okay. but, but I wanted to at least, like, spend a few more, like, years with Jamie. So I spent about a year and six eight months somewhere in there with Jamie and um now I'm in Denver working in Denver and I work um at a shop called Mammoth American and we're right over there kind of by like the arts district and stuff it's super cool oh cool I love Colorado people are awesome the people I work with are awesome um same kind of vibe like as in LA was like lots yeah lots of art and um just good vibes yeah um, actually I'm working on this thing with everybody at the shop right now, which has been a fun concept that we've been doing where we're doing, um, collaboration paintings. Oh, so, cool. so we're all doing 16 by twenties, but the theme is, um, and we're titling it versus. So like it could be anything versus anything. Right. So, you know, uh, light versus dark rock versus water, right. Venom versus Spider-Man or oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, we're having fun doing that. Like right now, I'm doing um, a collaboration with my boss, um, William Thiddeman, who um, we're doing robots versus dinosaurs. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds and fun. Like, everyone's are super cool. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, it's just been fun. Like, I feel like so psyched being back here and like being around family because I was like always really lucky to have like a good family mm -hmm. set up. You know, um, I've had so many friends who didn't get lucky with that. Yeah, know? yeah. And I, I feel so blessed that like everyone in my family is so cool and that's cool. You know, I, I definitely like while fighting it out and even though doing good in like California, I still always had that FOMO of like, man, everyone's getting older. Like, yeah, right. Really yeah, the dying. older you get, the more important you you realize how important it is to be around your your uh, parents and stuff and and family. Uh, you exactly. know. Um, yeah like my grandma and like uh she's like so important like just like my grandparents were super cool like yeah. i was definitely kid too you know like um there's a lot of time like over at the aunts and uncles and the grandparents and um like uh just like if you start to count like how many times you would see that person in a year every two years like how many of those do you get yeah more of those you know so like yeah, I just kept like, like that, just like kept like ringing close to me. So I was like, mm. now it's cool. Like now I'm like actually focusing like some of that time, like just to like make her meals or go like hook her up and do all our laundry. And that's cool, man. It's been cool. Like it's, it's like way wholesome and we're getting weather. Oh man, I picked a hell of a year. Uh, this is like the worst winter Colorado's had in like 30 years. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. Is it, is it cheaper out there? It's cheaper out there too, right? Yeah, like uh, once you get outside of Denver, like Denver is definitely like coming up, like uh, to California prices. It's pretty similar. Mm. Um, really? Um, Denver. Wow. Well, you're getting like really cool old like homes with style and stuff. Yeah. For, like, I mean, and then honestly, it doesn't keep up because like before I moved, I was looking in Colorado because that's why I want to move. Wanted to move to is like. I'm trying to save and we want to get into the game, you know, and, uh, in LA, I just couldn't even touch it. No, it's, just it's ridiculous. Like, 
Um, like I was looking at places that were like anything that was in my budget was like maybe six or seven at the highest. Yeah. And any of those homes were, you need a hundred thousand worth of work and the people are coming in a hundred or 150 over asking with cash offers. Like there's just like no way I could compete with that. So, um, out here, it's awesome. Like if you're maybe like just driving out maybe 10 minutes outside of where I am right now, like, uh, you could get a brand new build for 500. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So it's definitely way better. Like, uh, Oh, it's nice. Like I got my Sam's Club card when I moved out here because my dad was like, "You got to get this because their gas is cheap." Mm-hmm. And I got for because I take premium in my car too, which is a total pain. And I paid three thirty nine for premium. That's nice. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a few bucks cheaper there, even you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just like I was so used to like the the inflation of California that like everything out here is so much easier. Yeah. It seems super cheap (laughs) because you're used to all that. Everything's super cheap. Like going out, if you're going to go out for like a meal on the weekend, like it's cheap, like um, driving 40 minutes to work, like, like seems like a headache for some people, but yeah, you're, I'm going 30 or 40 miles. Right. Yeah. In LA, when I would have to drive, 10 or 15 miles sometime just from Calabasas to studio city right there. Yeah. There was before COVID where it took me like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. That was weird during COVID going on the freeways on the LA freeways. I I remember my wife and I took took a drive and just like, there was no air. It's like, wow, you never see this. Cause it used to be one of your favorite zombie movies coming to life. Yeah. (laughs) You'd never see it. And it's like, when I was younger, you know, let's say in the early 90s even, or the late 80s, there were times when the freeway wouldn't be that busy. Like the weekends, it usually wasn't that busy, you know? And now it's just always, there's always traffic all the time. doesn't matter if it's like four in the morning or on the no, Sunday not. or whatever. It's like, there's always, can you hold on? There's a few things though in LA, because I love LA. It was hard to leave. There's such good food. There's always good service. Yeah. There's always something cool to do. You know, I just but... like, I never take advantage of any of that stuff really. Cause I don't really do anything except for the art shows. You know, they, you can't really beat the that's art. art shows. The art. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big one for me, but can you hold on one second? I want to let this dog out. You can, yeah. you can yeah. keep talking, keep talking. So I don't have to edit. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sing a song now. <laughs> This is awkward. Hello, people. The secret message. There's a secret message that I won't hear until it's until. Uh, yeah. No, the, I didn't know what to say. It's kind of that awkward silence. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I can edit it if I have to. Um, so, uh, let, talk about your 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 art career. When did when did you start really seriously painting? Mm, probably the same time that I started apprenticing. Okay. I mean, I was always, I guess, like the weird thing is, I actually did art before I started tattooing quite a bit, but I was doing um, weird stuff. Like it would be like um, kind of abstract stuff with spray cans mm-hmm. on pieces, or I would do like. 
I'd modge podge some stuff together and do like mixed media. Mm. And I was kind of like doing like just weird creative stuff, you know, that I thought looked neat. And um, then about that same time where like you and that whole like kind of pop surrealism scene started really popping and juxtapose and, mm-hmm. and all that um, was about that time really right you know, um at least for me when i became aware of it and um yeah so i was doing that and trying different mediums but i think like until i really was like taking it serious was as i was getting better tattooing which is weird like uh you know i always kind of put the time into doing it just because i like doing it yeah, but i didn't really like take it too serious i was just more like doing it for fun and mm-hmm. seeing what i um, but then like people started wanting to keep them and, you know, they're getting okay. And I still feel like I'm like trying to figure stuff out, you know, like, yeah. big time. um, it's always yeah, like that though. I've just been, been studying stuff, man. Like, you know, lots of books and, um, trial and error. And that's why it's yeah. fun. It's fun because it's so hard to do. And, it, and so you can like keep learning all the time. For your now, whole the life cool thing is you can still push and pull and get what you want eventually so yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah that's the thing it's like you get to a point and it's and it becomes like okay i can do this now i want to do it more efficiently yeah uh, you know what i mean i'm sure it's like that with tattooing too yeah you, you know because my early paintings it was like i didn't know anything man i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know shit i was just totally in doing it by intuition and um i'm sure the effects helped yeah for sure yeah yeah definitely but as far as like value i didn't even know what value was you know i didn't know anything about composition you know i knew some color mixing because of my effects background but um i had to kind of learn about mediums just from books and stuff but as far as you know creating an image i did have and I think this is probably from effects, but I think I kind of naturally had that since I was from being from a childhood because Jimmy, my stepdad used to tell me that I would critique his work <laughs> when I was a little, he, I remember he did like, he made a cartoon of me saying, Oh, the, the, or actually after they died, he had, uh, we got all their stuff and cleaned their, their apartment, me and my sister. And, um, there was like, he would do cartoons and one of them was framed and it had different members of the family. He was really cool like that. One of them was me as a little kid being like, that doesn't look right. Like him painting and me going, the trees are all wrong. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of did have an eye and, and I, uh, uh, um, so, so it's like, I could see when it was wrong when I was painting something, I could see when it didn't look good, uh-huh. but I didn't know how to fix it. Yeah. I hadn't really learned how to fix it. So I just would keep messing with it until it looked good. You yeah. know what I mean? Until it like looked good to my eye. And I was able to kind of like it fake, fake it till you make it squeak by without really knowing what I was doing. And then, and then, and then I was kind of like, uh, then you learn what you're doing. You learn why you, you know, the thing that you're didn't really know how you got there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I remember it's funny. My grandma just told me this story where she said that there was a teacher where she was having everybody draw a sailboat. Um, and I don't even know how young I was. I was apparently really young. And uh, I drew the sailboat with the wind 
in the sales. Mm-hmm. She wanted us to draw it like this, you know? So uh, I remember she gave me an F on it and my grandma got all pissed and was like, this looks better than your damn sailboat. <laughs> Oh my God. So, uh, the story that you told me about something with a walnut and, uh, your dad, yeah, I glued a wall. What was that again? That dude, whatever podcast (laughs) that was on, I was dying. That was so funny. I took, he was eating walnuts. Is You know, this is like the practical joke. Like you were saying, when you guys do practical jokes, it's like my mom's side of the family were practical jokers. And so I was, when I was a kid too. And, um, he was eating walnut. He was going through a walnut phase, and so he'd like him and my mom would be watching TV, and he would be eating walnuts, like cracking open shelled walnuts. Uh-huh. And so I got one. And I opened it carefully. I was probably nine years old or something. I like carefully cracked it open, and then I took the walnuts out, and I put this blue marble in, like <laughs> crazy glued it back, and it looked perfect. You couldn't tell. And I put it in the. <laughs> And with all the other walnuts and just totally forgot about it. And then my mom was like, did you put a marble in the walnut in the walnuts? I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She said he just like he opened the wall shelled walnuts and he's just staring at it. Totally confounded. Just didn't occur to him that I would stick a blue marble. He's just like, what the fuck? This is how marbles are made. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're randomly in, in uh, every 10th walnut, didn't you know? That's but uh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. But I would do I would do lots of stuff like that, too. I would, uh, you know. Yeah, do you think like um, your your art career, obviously, is accredited to having Jimmy around quite a bit, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, give you the inspiration to actually. For sure. I mean, that's the the weird thing, though, is that like I was already think I already before I met him, I already thought of myself as an artist, even that like when I was really little. So it was kind of weird. It was more of a like a synchronicity or a serendipity or something that he came into my life because I was I was already like, I, I'm going to be an artist when I grow up. So, so it was just like, oh, all of a sudden there's an artist living in the house, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just growing up around all that stuff, I really kind of took it. I think I took it for granted for a long time, but once I started painting, a lot of the stuff wasn't, um, it was, it was like, it wasn't super foreign to me because I'd grown up around it, but I, but I, it's not like I sat and really learned about it. It was more like just being around it and watching him. And so then when you like get liquid for the first time, or it's like, he told me about liquid when I was a kid. And, but when you, you know, when you do it burnt umber underpainting, it's like, that's how he used to do it. And it just seemed natural because I just watched it my whole life, you know? Um, so, so it definitely gave me an edge just aside from being around art all the time and seeing, just watching him paint casually, you know, going to, ask him for five bucks to get, get a ice cream or whatever, get a model kit or something. You'd walk in and he'd be painting and you just pick up on things like how his brush strokes are. And you know what I mean? Yeah. My dad's super good at those model kits. It's kind of weird. He's like insanely good at them. Oh yeah. What kind? Uh, he, he's been doing, um, like, um, all the cars. So he's trying to actually redo all the cars he's ever owned. Oh, that's cool. Um, so like he's done some pretty cool ones already. He actually did one that we built as a kid for me. 
of the uh, Batmobile. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> like the first Michael Keaton Batmobile, mm-hmm. you know, we, we built that as kids and yeah, he, he's his, that I definitely get my attention to detail from him for sure. Like he's, it's weird. Like everyone in my family, like we're all like creative in like a weird, different way. Mm. Like he's really good at like um, woodworking and mm. like, um, like he's always like tie his own flies for fishing and stuff. Right. He's just like really OCD to a sense almost. Yeah. And like with my brother, he's like super good designer. Can market and brand like stuff. Like all of his clients are Fortune 500 companies. But like he taught himself computers all on his own, right? Wow, like with no school and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, so crazy. Yeah, that's cool. But what a good story, man! That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I used to do model. Uh, I was really into car models, but like Big Daddy Roth, Hot Rod, those funky cool. ass Hot Rod models from like the seventies. Uh, do you have any that you've done? I don't think I don't think I, any survived. I think I blew most of them up or burned them because I used to burn, <laughs> burn them to make them look like they're in car wrecks. That was nice. fun. <laughs> yeah, but they were did so cool, movies? man. Did you make movies growing up? Yeah, I made movies too. Like um, when I was nine, I I found my my biological dad's uh movie had a Super Eight camera, and so I just found that. I don't know how the oh you know what my sister took me. My sister took me when I was like, I must have been like five years old or something or six or something. I don't know. But she took me to her. She had an animation class and she took me to her animation class to make an animation, which was crazy. She's like, she said, cut out some images from a magazine and then we'll, you can make an animation at my class. And they taught me how to do it. And, um, so I cut out these pictures and it's like this weird Monty Python, like those Terry Gilliam style animations, just as like cutouts yeah. and totally weird and surreal. I don't think, I think I lost it, but I, um, I had it for a long time. Just like, I know a banana floated in at one point randomly and some guy is doing a karate kick and goes across and knocks some guy's head off. It was like, it was actually pretty good for a little kid. Like they just, <laughs> taught me how to do it and let me go. It was the seventies. That's what they used to do. And, and, and just, you know, made this weird little animation. And I don't know if that's what got me interested, but, uh, at one point I got a hold of a, my dad's camera and I just started making movies like of us riding bikes and, you know, same growing up. It was great. BMX bike riding. And then like, it's just, it, it was it was funny because our camera was screwed up so it would like randomly do sl- place like slow like it was over it would just all of a sudden be like slow motion you'd be going off a jump it's like whoa that looks so badass and then it would be like <laughs> then it would be like fast speed all of a sudden for no reason and so i started <laughs> it's like they were kind of comical i don't know it was really weird but yeah. oh they they're totally it's probably even more comical if you watch them now Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. uncle found one that I did with like my cousins, and there's like a scene where we're like, who knows what was going on, but I was like, okay, in this scene, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. So I had like this bright idea, like to make it more convincing, just turn the faucet on a little bit, you know, and make the sound. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. My cousin, she turns the faucet on, but it sounds like a freaking hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so in the movie, it's me going, whoa, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Were you doing it on video? 
uh-huh like the old camcorder yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I remember it i i that's what i always wanted was a video camera and they were just like yeah it was like the shoulder man yeah yeah <laughs> total 80s It'd be shoulder up here and then you'd have like the tape would be down in a machine like uh, uh, you know at least some uh-huh, of them, yeah. you yep. know so it'd be like a two-part deal but i could never afford those so I'd be... yeah it was all my uncles he just he was um good about making us have fun as kids so <laughs> that's cool yeah yeah here take this thing and distract yourself <laughs> yeah yeah it's great because it's create it's super creative keeps you out of trouble and uh that's that led me to makeup for sure but because I, I was into movies too you know i like to we need a dystopia movie is what we need chet oh you're telling me tv series i think a dystopia tv series do the shit man like love death and robot if you've seen left oh, so cool. yeah, that's, that's that's kind of my vision lately i think it would be amazing but yeah, we'll I've been see. Trying to do, it's weird like my newer body of work has definitely been a play on like just robots like i've always had a thing for robots and dinosaurs and stuff and all that but something about like the technological era and this weird thing that we're going through right now with this with ai and all that all this other stuff and i i know you talk about it on all the podcasts quite a bit and so we won't get in deep with that but yeah just like definitely trying to get that in my new work a little bit like i, I can see that coming out yeah josh is way into robots too yeah yeah his stuff's awesome yeah yeah he's yeah he's doing he's oil painting now he's starting to oil he's paint been showing, yeah. he's been showing me that skull that he's been rocking. yeah yeah it's great right super cool yeah 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 he's got all the grisai stuff in and yeah yeah good, yeah man. that's a that's a i'm happy to see him doing that yeah he's been he's been hitting me up like what do you think you know <laughs> cool. Super cool yeah we should all get together while i'm out there for sure yeah how long are you out for i'll be out from the 8th to the 22nd so i'm out oh for cool yeah awesome and usually those work trips are pretty busy but we can always make time to Go grab a bite to eat or something. Get some pizza, man. Yeah, Get some Zello. It's been a long time since we hit that place. I know. So do you, have you had the courage to go outside lately, Chet? Are you seeing people again? Uh, Yeah, no. I, I, I've been out. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, prefer not to yeah. generally. But uh, no, I went, I, I go to, sh- you know, I went to uh, the Geeker show. Yeah. You know. I remember when the hide all that crap was in the first show I saw you back at. Like, uh, of course, me, I'm like, go in for a big old hug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Like, What's that, <laughs> first time after Even COVID, I'm like, you. stop, don't touch me. And then it was like, it was over. It was over. People kept talking to me. I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. I'm vaccinated. So whatever. <laughs> so, dude, um, there's one thing I was like, if I got to touch on anything with Chet, because I know he's into the supernatural crazy stuff, I wanted to tell you one of my stories. Oh, you, you, you've had a story. I didn't know. I've had two really crazy things happen to me. Let's hear them. And um, one of them could have been like a weird fluke where just like something happened. But there was one where I straight saw a shadow person. Okay. Let's hear um, it. And it was. I want to hear both of them. And it was all during those like weird times, like doing the music thing, like in a very unstable, weird part of my life. But mm-hmm. um, so there was this one time where we all we all like had a house that we shared together. Right. And uh, no one was home. 
and I'm sitting on my bed and I'm strumming my electric guitar, but with no amp or it's not plugged in. Right. And I think I'm just like doing some warm up stuff. And, um, which is weird because the, the bedroom door in my bedroom didn't really even creak. Like, uh, it, it didn't ever creak. Right. But it was weird. I was like playing my guitar and I like hear the door creak. So it pulls my attention to the door and, um, I literally saw the door creaking closed and half of a figure, like literally just like from here down, just, and I couldn't, it was just a shadow. It wasn't like any weird stuff, just straight pulling the door closed. Oh my God. My heart stopped. Wow. Literally like, I was just like, couldn't even understand. Like literally I probably could have like, if I had a bad heart, it would have killed my ass. Wow. It was so crazy. So like it took me a minute and I like went and checked out and like no one was home. Oh I was God. scared. I ended up leaving. So I did see a shadow person once. But then I had another thing with like a shadow person that was actually even kind of cre- creepier really. Yeah. So I was working that security job, right? And it was a graveyard shift job. One of my duties in that job was to go lock up recreational centers and then unlock them in the mornings, right? Mm. So like we'd have like a whole little route that we'd have to do and stuff. So I'd usually haul ass and go get that done or else I'd either like take my sweet time and then just go and get it done when I got it done. Well, there was this one community and this is actually the old community where they filmed the very first Robin Hood movie. Um, And it's like all oak trees, super overgrown, old little like like double white park, I think it Mm -hmm. is. And uh, so they have this community center and like I was obviously already kind of spooking myself out because I was listening to 640 AM, which is like sometimes I'll have like EVPs uh, and coast to coast and they'll art, do yeah, like, art mail and stuff. Yeah, art stuff. Yeah. So like I was like listening to that and kind of like already like, oh, this is spooky, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so like so I was already kind of like had this weird thing, like, Ooh, mm-hmm. you know, and just like going to lock up this place. And like when I like pulled the security car in, I would leave like the headlights to the security car facing like the little gate that I'd have to unlock. And so I'm like, got out of the car and I'm walking across the, the lawn and I see the shadow of myself in front of me. Right. Because of the lights behind mm-hmm. me. Well, I see something walk between me and the car. In the and shadow, like the shadow in of it, or front of me, in front of me. So like oh, the oh, oh the car's God. behind me, and I'm walking towards the gate. Well, if I saw something walk there, that means it came between me and the car, right? Right, right, right. So like I turn around, and I'm like, oh, there's nothing there. That's creepy. Oh. So like, and granted, it could have been like some wildlife because it is like kind mm-hmm. of in like, a dense little area, and um. So I kind of was like, ah, and like, you know, ah, that really spooked me out. Now the KFI. So I totally go and like, when you go into this place, you had to like lock up the the hot tub. Then you have to go lock up the inside. Then you have to do like the bathroom. And then there's this huge long corridor hallway, which is like pretty much that all the way to the gym on the other side. Well, right in the middle of that corridor, there's just a light. And then the front entrance to this rec center. And it's a pretty big one. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, you're getting all spooked out and you're like going down this little corridor. Well, 
right where the light is by the entrance, there's a big hall that they would rent out for all the wrecked people and this and that. So you'd have to go and lock all the doors. And then there was a door that you'd have to pull shut and you have to lock that. Mm. So whatever. I do all that. Fast forward to unlock time. Now, I had already forgotten about all the stuff that happened. But when I would come to unlock stuff, it would still be dark out. So, you know, I went back in there, didn't think anything of it. And I'm getting down to that hall and I can hear old timey music playing. No way. Shit, you not. I walked down the thing and that whole hall that I had locked up, made sure all the doors were locked and all that. No one got in there. There's now a freaking PA system playing creepy old music. What? I shit you not. And like, I literally locked that thing up and dipped out of there so freaking fast. And like, that one could have just been like, maybe someone snuck in there somehow. Right. Put on a radio station. No, that's right. <laughs> but like, the, the same time that someone like totally walked behind me that I didn't see. Yeah, and... yeah, that's freaky. Damn. But those are my my two weird things. Those are, those are the two ones. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good. So the, the 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 guy that was behind the door was that like uh, it just looked like a shadow? Did it look like a black figure? Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, definitely not like super dark, but like you can make the shape. You know. No. No features. Featureless. No features. Have yeah. you seen the the nightmare that documentary? The nightmare. No. You know, I think I've heard of that though. Oh, you gotta watch it, man. Okay. Hold oh on, let me God. Read. It'll. Do you have? I think it's on Shutter. Do you have Shutter? I think I do. Or you could rent it for you know do like the. Is that about like sleep paralysis? Yeah, and shadow people. And shadow people, yeah. It's a documentary. But man, it's all uh, anecdotal stories. They it's just anecdotal stories. They interview people and they do kind of reenactments, and it's so good and so creepy, man. It's one. Of the, it's really scary. It's one of the scariest. I've never experienced the whole sleep paralysis thing. I know, like you have that painting about it, and you've talked about it a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an issue with it. It happens sometimes. It, happen? it still happens. Yeah, it still happens. It just is like part of life, but it's not always terrifying. It's like sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it leaks into a lucid dream. It's really weird. I've had one of those a couple times. Yeah. It's kind of like a lucid dream, but it's just different. It's like you're floating around. It's really, really yeah, weird. Yeah, like I was like, I feel like every time that I would like take a breath in my sleep, I was floating up a little more. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah That's kind of like an out of body, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I've had one recently. Even it's usually, you know, usually what what happens for the most part nowadays is that. I'm I'm asleep and I and I get this I kind of get that where I'm like half asleep and I'm and I become aware and I get this buzzing in my head that goes wow. it doesn't make a sound but that's like the feeling of it that's the only way I could describe it and I'm like oh shit I just want to go back to sleep it's, I'm gonna go start floating out of my body damn it and it's like and so usually I'm like resistant. I'm like, no, uh, I don't want to do it. And it's like you sometimes you wake yourself up and then you're like, oh, I don't want to go back to sleep because the buzzing is still there. Like I still I get that buzzing when I wake up sometimes in the morning. I have like 
it kind of like just as I'm kind of waking up and um uh but occasionally you'll float up and I'll be you'll be like oh okay cool all right I I um, I can fly around now and you <laughs> <laughs> but most I wish I could like like be good at that and just be like all right I'm I know gonna... I know I'm going to fly now you can you, apparently you can do it if you spend the time there this guy Robert Monroe wrote, wrote all these books about it apparently he could do it on command and um and I've talked to people I'm sure I've even interviewed people on here I know one person I don't remember who it was said they did it until they kept doing the exercises until they were able to do it and they were able were able to do it and uh, it's just one of those things you have to do it like anything like every day and um and and then you can do it and uh but it's like you know it's a lot of work and discipline and it's you have to kind of change your sleep hours around i was gonna say that almost seems like that could be tiring because then you're up for two shifts (laughs) yeah 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 one i mean i've usually had them um one way that happens pretty pretty often is if i wake up in the middle of the night or like really early in the morning and i go back to sleep that's when it tends to happen. Um, but I haven't had a, a crazy one since I had the, 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 the Baba Yaga. I had a Baba Yaga experience. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really this... think it was like some Baba Yaga? That's what I think. I was <laughs> like, that's, it was, uh, you know, an invisible lump. I couldn't see it, but I could tell the shape of it. I thought it, it gave the impression of the one of those French fry guys from McDonald's. <laughs> you know the French fry guys that are just kind of like domes with legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had the sense that that was the shape of it, you know, about like four feet tall. And it was coming around the bed. And I was in that like out-of-body thing. And it was just cursing me out in another language like an old lady just cursing at me in some language I couldn't understand that sounded like Romanian or something. I was like, but, but she was like super pissed and just yelling at me. And I was like, Oh man, this is so scary. She's coming towards me. And I was somehow. Wait, so it's like, you're seeing this in the peripheral almost. Um, yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of like I'm in that weird, half out of body state but like still in my body and and i'm kind of like i can see down sort of energy yeah it's like i could see the room but even though it's Ah. it's kind of dark it's dark but i could see it and i could sense that where she was and i could hear totally audibly hear it that's the weird thing it's like i heard her yelling that shit and she was out and you could tell she was pissed and she was like really old. Like imagine an old Romanian lady cursing at me. And I knew she was cursing at me, but I couldn't understand it. And it just came around to my side of the bed and I was able to kind of like pull myself out of it. Cause it was so scary. And I was thinking the first thing I thought of was that, uh, Baba Yaga, I thought. And I was like, uh, out of that too, when you woke up. Yeah. And and I was like, ah, oh, that's probably because that hell, the last Hellboy movie had a Bobby, a cool Bobby Yaga makeup, and I'm just associating it with it. But that that was like, I don't know, years ago that movie came out, and it was like I hadn't been thinking about it, and I didn't think anything of it until I was like, I'm gonna look up Baba Yaga for the hell of it, and it was like, 
Uh, I looked up on Wikipedia and it was like (laughs) Romanian. It's like a Romanian thing, Russian, Eastern European folklore. And then I was like, oh man, because it was like, it was a language for sure. It wasn't just nonsense words. I heard them very clearly and it sounded like Romanian or Russian or something. And it was scary shit. And uh, that was, that didn't even even happen that long ago. I mean, that was like, I don't know, a couple of years ago, maybe. Crazy. Yeah. So that, that was the last big one that I can remember. Yeah. I got to write them all down because there's been a lot. There's been a lot. Yeah. Just part of life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm one of those where I'm like, oh, I had a crazy dream. And then I'll be like, I can't wait to tell someone about this. And then like an hour later, I'm like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have to um, write. You have to like what I do now is I um, speak them into my uh, f- uh, phone, my rec- the voice recorder on my iPhone. There you go. And you cool. do it like as soon as you wake up and then and that's the only way. Otherwise, you'll just forget it. And then can you like section each little recording into a folder of all your yeah i mean i would if i was an organized person but i'm not so i just have like (laughs) 300 of these random things i try and write them down though so like i'll listen the next day and try and understand my i'm all half asleep i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man your uh your studio actually looks pretty tidy right now Oh yeah, I did clean. I mean, yeah. I, I clean. It's pretty good. It's pretty good because I just did a big cleaning. You know, it's still like normal. A normal person would probably think it was terrible, but for me, it's pretty clean. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's just like there's a, a level of there's like trash and papers on the floor level. There's like the hoarders level, and then there's a level where it's like the floors doesn't have trash on it. <laughs> Cause when I'm in a, you know, when I'm painting for a show, it's just like, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I just, I'm focused entirely on the paintings. So I just, I can't clean up. I can't bring myself to do it. And it's usually under a tight deadline, you know? Yeah. You're a, you're a beast, man. Yeah. It's pretty impressive how you can knock out. So, so such a good amount of work and make it happen. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's only because I have to. Yeah. Well, you're doing a good job of it. Well, thanks. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm uh, psyched to see uh, the last few shows selling out before you even went, you know? Yeah, that was pretty crazy. First time ever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember looking at your art uh, 2007-ish, 2008 was when I was first turned on to you. And I think it was at the Art 170 building or either that or like uh, MK Gallery or something like that. And um I don't even remember what pieces they were, but I remember seeing your stuff and being like looking at them. And I think they were like definitely under a thousand dollars or like right around a thousand dollars. And I was like, God, I wish I had the money to own this. It's the coolest. <laughs> like just the amount of detail and all the weird, cool textures and colors. I was just like mind blown. And oh, just to look at you now. <laughs> look at me now. Sitting in this little room, yeah. sitting, painting in a bedroom yeah, those, still. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that spirit lady's looking pretty dang cool back there for sure. Yeah, I'm almost done. I probably so like, uh, more Chet, 
I know you're like catching up this year like crazy. So like how like I mean you don't have to answer this, but like I guess I'm not really looking for like how many commissions you have to do still, but like how much do you back yourself up to where you're really like, okay, I need to make, you know, twenty five, forty five paintings. Like, yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to get out of that. It, it was all out of necessity. It's like, you know, when I started, I was just like, I was so desperate to get out of effects that I was like, okay, I got to take whatever, uh, any shows, any commissions, anything. I would just take it, yes, any yeah. opportunity. And so that was it. I didn't know what I was doing. I got laid off for my job and I was like, and I had started the, the art career, you know, I was going for maybe seven years, just, you know, slowly trying to get in any shows and teaching myself to paint. And, um, and I just had to keep going. So it just was like, just kept piling on and piling on. And, and it just became this huge pile <laughs> that I couldn't get out from, you know, and it just kept getting worse. You've always been chipping away at the pile though. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I get, does it different. Yeah. I get, I get things done and then, but then it's like, I need money and I have to take on another commission. It just kept going like that until now uh, I'm able to take the time I've got, I guess with the Patreon and the, and the, I've still got to figure out, you know, how money's coming in. I have the, I guess it's the Patreon. Yeah. It gives me enough. It's like money I can count on every month. And and then I still have to make more money. It doesn't cover everything. So, um, you know, and I still have to every month figure out some sales and how I can, I can uh, make some money. But um, that was the problem is, you know, not being able to focus, sit and focus on getting all the stuff done because I had to earn money. So I had to turn my attention away from that, focus on whatever it is like could do to make money and um you know so this the, this is the first year where it's like just no other side th- nothing to distract me except the so commission. currently taking no commissions <laughs> yeah no not not this year i i I've, I've, I've told people you know next year I'll, I'll probably be i might be open for commissions next year you know Good. yeah and i've got like you know i think i think there's like 10 counting this one so it's all it's not crazy, but there's like a big, huge one. Chris Velasco, I owe him a big ass 36 by 48. So I'm, I'm getting started on that probably next. And uh, there's some cool paintings, though. I'm looking forward to painting them. Well, I'm on the Patreon, so I'm sure I'll get to see them. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the support. Yes, you, yeah, you you, you guys get everything first. Got to show up for chat. Oh, man. awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, you've always been a great supporter. I appreciate that. Course, trying to keep up with Chris Velasco's collection. Yeah, right. He's he's the he's yeah, yeah. You've got a great collection though. You've got you had a really I remember when I went to go teach um at your studio, you guys it looked it was like an art gallery in there. There was a lot of work on the walls. Yeah, I basically uh up until this year, this is the first year where I was like, I'm not buying anything. <laughs> yeah. And I've been doing really good at it, which I'm proud of myself, but <laughs> Uh, there was a couple pieces towards the end of the year where I, I was like, technically, I'll be paying this off into 23, but <laughs> yeah, so now everything's taken care of. Yep. Trying to. Yeah. It's like all the money that I was making doing art, I was spending on more art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
How many pieces have you counted all of your, your art collection? Yeah, it's uh, just shy of a hundred. Oh, wow. That's a I lot. I only do originals. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's I got, cool. Uh, I think I'm on seven of yours. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I just scored a, well, I, I can't believe it, but I did get a Drew Struzan. No way. Well, what is it? It's What's... a composition for Stephen King's The Mist. No way. That's so cool. I don't have it here. It's at the uh, framer, but it's this really cool. I'll shoot you an image of it. Um, I'm actually picking it up when I go in June, but it's like this weird image of like this kind of just a misty character, but it's total on hardboard composition, Drew Struzan, where it's like the sketchy kind of. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. That's cool, and, man. Um, I scored it for like to get a Drew Struzan from this gallery. And it was from a Texas gallery too. So like no tax. Like, Oh wow. That's cool. I almost, I, it was like one of those where like, I was at the end of the year too. And I was like, I'm not buying any more art, you know? And then like, <laughs> I saw that of course. And I was like, okay. <laughs> this is like the one where if I don't buy this, like, yeah, you'll regret it. And um, then I also, who I want to see you get on the, the podcast, if you guys are cool, but uh, I got a Christian Rex Van Minen as well. Yeah, I've actually talked to him, and he said he would come on, and I just never got back I'd to love, him. He I'd he could to hear some of his talk on yeah. like his it's crazy. Yeah, his stuff's amazing. He's he's yeah. an amazing painter, and um, he's using that you heard because I just started trying it too. Is Neo McGlip, and I might be oh uh, Neo Neo McGill Neo McGill. Yeah, he may or may not use that, but I kind of heard through some friends who know him or something that I think he's using that. But I I tried that and I didn't like it. It didn't dry fast enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I remember. Yeah, I was tried that a long time ago because I remember this guy. What was his name? Jose. What's his last name? He used to show at the hangar and. Cannibal Flower, um, totally blanking. He's a really great painter, but he was using that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not crazy about Neil McGill, but you should try them all. You might like. Yeah, it. actually, I don't use medium. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just straight I'm oil. Acrylic water. Oh, you're acrylic. Really? Yep. You know what? None of these are oils. Wow, you could have fooled me. I assume they're oil. That's no, great. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's the only way that I can make time to have ever all this crap done. You, know? you didn't. Uh, you did oils in the classes, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. I've, I've painted oils before. I'm actually trying the Neil McGill right now too because I'm collaborating with a guy who paints oils. So I, you know, I've I'm you know it's crazy after trying it again too. And I've been taking a new approach with all of my painting to where I am kind of doing that Van Minen um, process where it's like underpainting, full grisaille, then glazing, then highlighting, right? Uh, oh, does he, so he does grisaille? Christian does? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That makes, yeah, that makes well, sense. Um, super badass. Like, And the one thing that he's doing too is he's doing a lot of like scrubbing stuff out and creating those shapes and so like just watching that, I'm like, ah, that's so freaking inspiring and cool. And, you know, obviously not trying to do what the dude's doing, but, you know, just um, trying different things and <clears throat> realizing like, oh man, the way that I paint, if I was to actually do acrylic all the way up to the grisaille phase, 
and then introduce my oils. Yeah. Um, I feel like it could even push my, my quality of work even, even further. Cause I do battle the fast drying thing with just using. Yeah. Water. Yeah. 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 Acrylic and oil is, is a, is a, on top Dude, is a great man. It's great. Cause you get the blending properties, but it's kind of like the best of both worlds. I don't know why I don't do that more. I've only done it like once or twice. I think it's maybe the like, you know, you kind of need to have separate brushes and a separate setup for the acrylic. You're not really supposed to use acrylic and oil brushes together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it messes the brushes up, I guess. So maybe that's been been it. And I get, I guess I'm set. I've settled into a technique where I can manage it, and it doesn't. I don't feel like I need it. But yeah, uh, you could paint a grisaille underpainting. And just have, uh, it, have it dry like that. Hair dryer. It's been so nice because I was like, okay, I'm going to go Grisai first. And then I've just been putting some oil over it. I'm like, this is too cool, you know? <laughs> it's made me want to do this whole show for Copro that way, but I'm like too nervous. <laughs> hey, you got to try one and see how it goes. Because uh, yeah. like, you know, I as as much as uh, I, I, you know me, I've always been very pro-oil for myself uh, but you know not like an anti-acrylic guy by any means i know some amazing acrylic painters and whatever works for you but you just cannot be glazing in oil i'm sorry that's the one that's one area where blending and glazing glazing with yeah. oil that's you know glazing with oil is just so perfect oh it's awesome you know so if you Having having the uh, grisaille underpainting black and white, and then in acrylic, and then glazing and highlights and stuff, it might be might be the way to go. Hey, cool. Well, if I if I dip in, I'll try uh, one. Try one at least. Okay. All right. <laughs> Seriously, just a small one, just like a little study yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I need to do that right now too because I kind of got a, I got I'm starting to get like the compositions and a couple cool ideas. So I think just. Having the no pressure and putting something down. Yeah, yeah. You just can't go back. That's the that's the only things you can't like go back to acrylic if, if in the middle of the painting. <laughs> yeah, of course. What I'm afraid of is that I won't be able to go back to just being an acrylic guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, oh, I love no fumes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you don't have to have fumes. You can uh, get Gamsol, which is you can't low. Yeah, low or oh, you don't can't smell it, and then you could just paint with linseed oil, and okay. that doesn't have fumes. There's... I feel like uh, with the linseed oil, pardon my um, negativity, but like uh, with linseed oil, is that going to slow that process down a lot? Yeah, like, I mean it, it won't dry as fast. Um, but I use liquid, and I'm you know I'm only using just a little cup full, just a little cap, a cap of a, a soda bottle. Mm -hmm. and okay. um and that's like it doesn't stink and like when you're doing like your palette work and stuff like like are you just kind of dipping a little bit into that brush and then just mixing out like a color like just a little bit or, mm -hmm. or like you're doing a pretty good ratio like equal parts or no just a little tiny bit you okay. know i'm using less less medium now nowadays but yeah you just mix a little bit dip it before you paint and just mix it in as you go you know Things looking great, man. Thanks. Yeah, I got to do some glazing on this one. 
that's the best part yeah it's fun yeah it was uh so when i got a commission from greg uh crayola and um when i had gotten that he gave me some treckle things which by the way i'm psyched you got on that treckle thing that's awesome yeah and then i got off again and they booted me after a year (laughs) (laughs) i think i i think maybe yeah it's like they don't give you a brush set because i it's like i want to get a brush set. i thought that'd be pretty cool and um they make you they kind of have you on a year probationary period and um to see how you do and that was the year I did the chaos. No, it was the year I had tool posters. Um, and so they have like what they, what you, they want you to hit a minimum of like okay. posts yeah. about their product. But it's like, I I've been promoting them for fucking 15 years or 10 years or something without anything. So I thought, you know, they might cut me a little slack, but apparently not. And I, po- <laughs> I posted almost all the things they asked me. There was like one time I didn't do it. I think. Uh-huh. And then they was like, "Oh, we regret to inform you." Uh, so I got, I got the the. Uh, it's hard enough keeping up with just everyday life stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, all my social media, and I had like all those posters, and I had a show I was painting for. It was insane. It was just I just got too busy, but you know, whatever. They don't, they don't. Uh, Whoever said doing art would be easy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need them. Yeah, that's yeah, man. I was just figuring since I was promoting them anyway, it might make sense, but uh, oh well. I did get a really cool um, acrylic. Um, they're kind of actually, I think I have them. Yes, I do. Um, these, um, it's like a transparency. Um, and I think Greg's, but it's like they got the yellow iron oxide and they got this red iron oxide, mm. dude. I use these in almost every painting now just to like what's push. it got like a medium in it like a gel yeah it's just pretty much like a light fast like um transparent yeah oh, man, so, i just got water in my eye oh no <laughs> good thing it ain't whiskey <laughs> i've been rocking those man that's cool yeah, yeah. but yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot, get get back into the oil. So it was funny because like when you would do the workshops with us, I felt uh, like, oh, you make it look so easy. You're like, oh, you know, and you made it so easy for everyone to follow along. But like the second you left and I was like, <laughs> I was like trying to do the thing again. And I was like, okay, we put this on, we kind of let this sit on here and then we paint into this. Yeah. And then I was just like, and then what did we do? <laughs> no, just... You know, I, I, I know it's just, it takes, it takes a while to get the hang of it, but I just, once I figured it out, I couldn't go back to acrylic cause it just was drying so fast on me and it was frustrating the hell out of me, but I do like acrylic. You know, I started with acrylic and I can do it. You know, it's just, I wish it wouldn't dry. I wish there was like, I tried that. There's that slow, There's slow dry medium. and and slow dry acrylics and that works pretty good i just got my first bottle of that so we'll see open acrylic medium glass do you think that's good yeah 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 Yeah, i i tried some i got some open acrylic paints too they have like the paints uh oh no kidding already like mixed paint colors yeah like uh where is it I mean, there it is. Yeah, open. 
open black. Oh, cool. So it's already mixed in there, and it's like it takes a long time for these to dry, surprisingly. Cool. Yeah. And that's in acrylic? Yeah. But, you know, you should do it what you're comfortable with. You know, yeah. but uh, but still, you should try all the big stuff coming up right now. I'm definitely sticking to what I know. Yeah, try <laughs> one though. Try one. Yes. You know, try okay. one because I'm telling you to try it because I want to try it. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like okay. I want to I want to try a black and white grisaille in acrylic and then do all oils to finish it off. Okay, check this out, Chet. I'll try it and then I'll gift it to you. Okay. Because I remember showing up with a painting I did back in the day where I didn't know shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is my favorite painter. And I basically just painted like a really stupid monster and was like, here you go, Chet. And then I like realized like now, like, God, that painting's so horrible. What did I do? <laughs> I still, I do I have it? I have it. No, coming. no. We'll, we'll trade. I'll give you a good painting for that shitty old one. I have it. It might. You be don't a... have to feel bad about throwing it away. No, 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 no. I have it. I have it. Um, I probably have it in my in my uh, little back house. Uh -huh. I have a bunch of paintings. I'll send you a picture and prove it. There's a landfill in Simi Valley. It's dude. I got a painting that's that I I don't want to get. I don't want to say too much, but I have a painting. And it turns out I don't like the artist as a person anymore because of some things Thanks. he did to people I know. And I can't throw the painting away. Yeah. I just can't just because it's yeah, a painting. Much art. Yeah. Even yeah. though I don't like the guy, you know, yeah. and the painting I don't even like. Hey, man, eBay. I know, but it's like, yeah, I should do that. I should do that. I should just sell it. I don't know that anybody would want it, but anyway. Anyway, so. That that's how I don't throw oh, away I don't throw away art. Anytime anybody sends me stuff, I have yeah. everything because I just cannot do it. I can't bring myself even if it's a print, I can't bring myself to throw it out. And it's like I don't have room for any of this shit, but I still keep it because I just can't do it. I just can't. I can't bring myself that's to do it. Sweet art chat. <laughs> yeah. Well, if uh, if you need to make room, feel free. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you that painting. How about that? Not the not the one you did, but this other guy did. Oh yeah, <laughs> do I want it? <laughs> I'll show you a picture. I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> yeah, there was funny. There was like one story I wanted to tell you, and then I was like, I'll just tell Chet off air because I'm not like really big on like talking about people. But... Yeah, yeah, I know. I like know. uh. Yeah, I was like, you know, I could share this story because it's honestly the craziest thing that's ever happened to me, like in my tattooing career. But like, I couldn't really fill you in on all the details. Yeah. And, you we, know, so, we did a Mike and I did an episode that we never played. Uh huh. Because it was like, oh, I'm gonna tell all the all the Hollywood secrets of stuff oh. that I experienced, and oh. and it was like. And it wasn't necessarily all bad stuff. It was just like stuff that would have embarrassed people that are cool. Yeah. You know? You have to really think about like. Yeah, I wouldn't want if I would feel bad because it was, you know, it's one thing if it was like all these. I don't really mind talking about assholes that screwed me over in the business, 
But there was a couple people where it was just like a funny story that would be embarrassing for a, yeah. a celebrity that I like that I think is a cool person. So we but just we're still going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's well, you know, it was just like we we did it, and then I was like, man, that I can't air this one. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I just you know this these people are too nice. I wouldn't. Well, you said it was a celebrity story. Yeah. Just because so was mine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll just put it this way. There is a tattoo that I did that made the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. And it was on Britney Spears. And she is the only person who has ever, once I started tattooing them, chickened out and made me stop halfway through. Wow. Yeah. So that was... <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, there's so much more funny stuff that leads up <laughs> in that story. But yeah, it's literally like it's so funny because there is a um, there's like this whole like conspiracy amongst her fans. Like, uh, what does the triangle represent? Oh yeah, I know. I see that stuff. I see that stuff on YouTube, like talking about how Hollywood's, you know, the stories and the and the people doing the this and the that, and I'm just like. You people are so full of shit. These people don't know shit about any of that stuff. They're it's like I know these people. I worked with them for like 15 or 20 years and they're not into this stuff. If they ever get some kind of even slightly occult thing if in a design somehow, it's because they just were looking in a book or a magazine and thought it looked cool. Don't they are they are not into any of this stuff. It's such bullshit. And it's like, I know, because I know the people, even some of the people, they say, oh, look at that celebrity. I know that person. And yeah. it's like, and I know they're not into that. I, I know. And it's like, you just want to like shake these people. It's like, it's, you know, any, any, it seems like it'd be obvious that people would just be like, yeah, that's stupid. But people get into it for some reason, man. <laughs> I would never want to be that level of famous. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, uh, I like just being like the little reclusive art guy that people kind of know about and like my stuff. And yeah, yeah. I don't see someone wearing my shirt. I'm like, cool. That's enough. You don't, it's like, um, yeah, yeah. I I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, I'm kind of a cult artist and it's cool with me. You know, it's like, I don't want to be so famous that Elon Musk forces me to get a blue check. You hear about all that stuff on Twitter? Like he was, no, he took the blue, just, I'll tell you after <laughs> it's a long story. He took the blue checks away. So you had to pay for them. And, ah. then, and then all the celebrities were like, fuck that. I'm not paying. Like Stephen King was like, I ain't paying for a blue check. And, um, LeBron James, all these people. And so then he forced them to have the blue check. Like he made them get get one he like it was just like anyway like, <laughs> so we're, was, gonna, we're gonna bill you for that blue check <laughs> so Easy. i was thinking it's like i'm glad i'm like the level of famous where it's like i don't i'm not famous enough to where i get forced to have a blue check but no man uh you're like that perfect amount like done a lot of really cool shit and famous to the cool people <laughs> yeah you're right right yeah it's just like it's like the the artists i like are kind of more like cult artists you know like the bands and stuff that i like are more like cult is cult artists cult musicians you know that's the best you know musicians that musicians like and stuff usually you know but unfortunately it's not where the most money is but <laughs> i'm working on it 
Did you ever listen to that um, album I sent you, uh, that band King Gizzard? Did you ever listen to that? I don't even remember. They're like one of those weird bands. They're like this Australian band with a ton of members. And I like, keep hearing about them. I've heard I about know them. You like them because they're like, I know you would dig them because they're like, a lot of their stuff is like super weird. Like every album sounds way different. Yeah, I read about them and, I, and I'm sure I've heard them because you and a bunch of other people kept, I kept hearing their name everywhere. Yeah, it's like I feel like those people are like telling you that because you would dig them. Like, yeah, yeah. Like some albums that are kind of heavy, then they have like this new one. I think it's the one I sent you is called Killer Year. And it's like more like just like weird sounds, like almost like old Devo stuff, like with weird, you know, like. What was the album called? Um, that one is uh, Killer Year or something like that. But, um, yeah, that one almost has like this weird like Shanghai kind of oriental, but like kind of funky. Like hmm. then the next album would be like like kind of doomy and punk rock. And I don't know. I, I feel like you would dig them. Yeah, I'll look into them. I will look into you, them. You can never take my word for it, though, because I remember buying you Tommy Boy DVD telling you that was the best movie ever. <laughs> you told me. To, yeah, you told me to watch it and I rented it. Didn't I You're rent like, it, or did you give me? A no, I bought it for. I saw it at the gas station for like four bucks. I was like, uh, "You're like, I've never seen this movie." I was, like, you... I was like, "Man, that movie was so <laughs> fucking stupid." I was like, "This is the funniest movie ever made." <laughs> I didn't see it when I was a little kid. I think you have to see this that. This is great. You, I just remember you texting me. You're like, dude, this sucks. This movie sucks, dude. <laughs> you built it up too high. You built the expectations up too high. There's going to be all, the, all these Tommy yeah. Boy fans listening being like, what? That movie was great. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I forgot about oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> great because of that that made it more <laughs> better than if it would have been this great movie it's even better yeah that, that it's funny. my fault for talking it up <laughs> i don't think you could technically talk up any comedy and then like live up to expectations yeah 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 there's very few there's very few well what would um, you say your first comedy your number one favorite comedy man it's tough that's that's I, such I mean, a loaded question but yeah i don't know it's like there's just, I don't have a one, you know, there's like maybe five or so there's, uh, the, the, you know, the Monty Python movies are great. Like the life of Brian is probably one. And I like all the movies they do. The blues brothers. I love the blues brothers. I think that's a great one. Uh, with nail and I Jersey with nail and I, mm-hmm. That's one you got to see. That's that's one of the greats. That's the it's the I talk about it all the time. with nail with nail w i t h n a i l n i and okay. uh, that's the one. It's the one. It's like it's a it's like it's uh, Britain's biggest cult movie. Okay. It's like it's got it's one of those movies that people have watched like five hundred times. They have. Uh, well, don't talk it up, Chet, because then I might. Yeah, have... yeah, 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 yeah. It's one. I'll tell you this much: the first time I saw it, I watched it, 
because I heard it was like it's it was like a, a cult movie, like a cri- critics loved it. Um, but it was like kind of underground, <clears throat> and uh, I watched it and I was like, eh, it's all right. And then I watched it again, and I was like, and then I watched it again, and I just kept watching, like, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! It's like the dialogue and the writing is so good, and the characters. So it's like it it took time to grow on me, but it's one of those movies that just people watch all the time. It's like over and over, one of those over and over movies. So basically, get you on a Tommy Boy subscription until you turn over. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's to be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of subtlety there's like it's it's all dial it's characters it's great it's great so you'll have to let me know maybe maybe you'll uh-huh, have you maybe out. you'll have that maybe you'll have that moment and you'll be like what this is bullshit but i've got backing because there's like people that have conventions for this movie you know like they have meetings about this movie yeah so anyway okay sure. <laughs> check it out yeah, yeah. like uh, were you into the big Lebowski? Oh yeah. Big, big Lebowski was one too, where I was like, everyone was talking about it so much. And I watched, I was kind of disappointed. And then I watched it again. I was like, Holy shit, this is amazing. Like it totally. Cause Gabe, Gabe, I was talking about it. Gabe loves that movie. So like, uh, there's now there's the Jesus rolls, right? Like, which is, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus. And I think I'm in that phase of like, I've seen that one once. And then I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I need to watch that one. Which again. one? But, um, it's the follow-up. Well, it's not really a follow-up to Lebowski. Oh, but I in, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so you know uh, the character in Lebowski. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, uh, it's it's like he did a film, like kind of as a follow-up with that. Right, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. And I think just like the hype of it being like you're going up against something that has yeah. like conventions for it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have to give that one another chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chances yeah. you're going to hit something like that. Great. Twice is it wasn't a Coen brothers movie though. Was it the Jesus one? Because, you know, it might've the... been <laughs> what it might've been better. If it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great. I'm sure I'm, I'm gonna as soon as I get off, I'm gonna be like, oh. gotta tell. Well, we're we're on a text basis, so you can. That's true. I'll text you any of the any of the good comedies I think of. Yeah, anytime I uh, think of a good documentary, I always try to send it your way. Did you see the? Did you watch the one that I was um, that I sent you of the guy that? literally recreates like a, a masterpiece um the vermeer one vermeer i yeah. painted up vermeer. Mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. that was great yeah yeah that was really interesting i was dedicated in the cause of doing that yeah 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 that was amazing he was able to do that too so do you think that those old masters because you 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 know he really breaks down that vermeer is like how perfect yeah. all the colors and lights were yeah and all that you think they were using those kind of things? I bet you that I bet you they were. I I I bet you because I mean, back then they didn't have anything, and if you had something that would give you an advantage, they would use it. It's not like nowadays. Nowadays we're like, uh, you know, it's more like 
we have every resource now so it's like cool to do it the old way but back then they were just trying to push the art form forward so any any they like, wouldn't they wouldn't think oh this is cheating it just wasn't the mindset back then it was like you know this is tech new technology this camera obscure thing you know what pretty, i mean pretty cool yeah, yeah so i bet you they did i bet you they did I'm all for whatever makes your work easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I'm 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 kind of like my attitude is <clears throat> generally you should know how to do it. And if you know how to do it and you've done it, then you can do it the you know, cheap way or whatever, or the fat like projecting. It's like I've done it for years without using a projector. Now I'm gonna use a projector because it's easier and I don't wanna faster yeah i think yeah yeah as long as you're still progressing your skills you know yeah 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 um and it's just like you know i've told the story a million times like painting loose where i painted you know i could it's hard for me to paint loose so i taught myself to paint loose and i finally did a successful painting of Tatsu. That's a loose painting. And then I just, and then I just went back to painting the way I normally paint. And it was like, I just had to prove to myself that I could do it. Cause all the, I, you know, all the best bait painters. Did you save that one? Yeah, I got that one for sure. Yeah. I'll never sell my dog paintings. <laughs> I got one yeah, of Tatsu. I, got... I remember the first time I came into that room to pick up, I think it was to pick up my first commission from you. And I got to meet Tatsu and Tatsu was ripping the worst smelly farts. <laughs> yeah, he had bad farts, man. <laughs> oh my god! Did he sit on your lap? Because that's what he would, he would do. Yeah. Like sit on your like a big ass Rhodesian Ridgeback. Yeah, yeah, he had like kind of like a little love seat thing yeah, there. Uh, yeah, like a, a recliner, and he would just sit on, just get up on your lap. <laughs> he was a lap dog, he weighed seventy pound lap dog. <laughs> Yeah, with stinky farts. Yeah, with terrible stinky farts. <laughs> yeah, he was going through a phase. <laughs> I've got a baby girl painting. I've got a Tatsu painting, and I've got a Doc painting. And now i got to do a Valentine painting. And, uh, yeah, I'll never sell when my I, dog paintings. When I get out there, we'll go grab Zella, and I'll come meet Valentine for sure. Oh, yeah. You'll love her. You'll love her. Maybe you can come and hang out with me and Josh and Ventura maybe yeah that's a long drive but but i have been meaning to get yeah, up get, i have been meaning to get up and check out his studio his music studio and stuff too have you ever been to crossroads what is that it's a restaurant no it's a vegan restaurant and um it's top notch you where at uh it's off i think it's off melrose hmm it's bougie but I would like to take you there. You would love that place. Yeah. Okay. I'm all down for always down for a vegan place. Yeah, it's vegan and it's like you know bougie. Cool. <laughs> so you can be the guys that show up in like Pantera shirts and right. <laughs> cool. Bougie, bougie art dudes. <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> It'll be my treat. I'll definitely holler at you when it's getting closer. All right. Sounds good. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah, man. What a pleasure, man. It's Yeah, pleasure was all mine. Such an honor. Yeah. I feel totally humbled and psyched to be a part of this with you. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out. It was super fun. Great chatting as always. 
I just pleasure. I just recorded it this time. You know? Yeah, we just went for it. Yeah. Yeah, that was like not even like a test test. We were just like Well, I mean, I just, you know, whenever I see you, I talk to you and now it's like it's like, oh, we just put the recording button on. This is pretty much stuff we would talk about pretty much anyway. Yeah, nice. I feel like uh yeah, like it's yeah, it was a little bit easier than I was expecting, you know. I I was really trying to not have nerves because, you know, obviously I look up to you in so many ways and and all the artists that you've had on previous to me. I mean, I look up to all of them as well. So you even be like on the, you know, getting some, a little honorable mention on the same thing is like such a huge thing for me. Dude, you you got a solo show at Copper. Come on now. Still pinching myself. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like, uh, you know, it's just like everybody is always, you know, trying yeah. to get to that next thing. Yeah, every every artist always, every even, you know, Brom, when we had Brahm on, it was like even Brahm had insecurities and every artist has uh, imposter syndrome in some way or another, you know. But you're killing it. Uh, yeah, you're doing great work. It's, it's very cool to see. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chatters. Now you got to just give the goodbye. Just tell everyone. Goodbye, audience. Goodbye, audience. Yeah.